The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to what came from the radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. Due to technical difficulties, I am recording this in the past, but not as far in the past as our show that you're about to listen to, which is the 36th annual uh, live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library online. I will have a senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, is there. Dominic Definition Manisperano is there from Pondo Comics. And Jen Elise Feldy is handling the hosting duties for the show. So we'll just take that away in just a moment. But I did want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to get your own little shout out, go to www.patreon.com. Look up the Came from Radio in the search bar. Now, without further ado, we're going to let Jen take it away with the rest of the show. Let's start off with a very uplifting, sad news. It's morphin' time! Animator and character designer Sue Nichols died recently from cancer. In 2015, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Sue worked on and helped create such animated films as Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, The Page Master, The Hunchbacks of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Piglet's Big Movie, Bambi and the Great Prince of the Forest, The Princess and the Frog, Mona, and Ugly Dolls, just to name a few. Of note, Sue is one of the people who wrote the story for the animated film Aladdin. She was 55. Oh, I don't like that. It sounds like she did like the past 20 to 25 years of Disney movies. So yeah. I, I expected to hear that she was 70 something. I did not think that she would be. 55. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. She must have gotten a job with like Disney when she was 30. 12. Yeah. That's... You know, they like to hire them young. Yes. Only <laughs> in foreign, only in foreign uh, lands in China. Yeah. yeah. Where, where child labor laws don't exist. I, I am just keeping my mouth shut about Disney. I stay out of trouble that way. Well, House in this time of job loss, I would love to get a child labor job in another country right now. Oh! oh, oh the views. I, I said I was going to be politically correct today, hence the wig and the Disney. I, I the views and it, opinions Jen. of the people on the show do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station. The views and... And opinions of people with pink hair. They're not <laughs> Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. Why, why well, pink? let's get it off for why more sad pink? news. Actor Kevin Patrick Dobson also died recently from a heart attack after struggling with an autoimmune deficiency. Ooh, Kevin appeared in such films as All Night Long, Restraining Order, Crash Landing, April Moon, The Representative, and Dark Power, just to name a few. On the small screen, Kevin appeared in such shows, TV movies, as 
The Doctors, The Original Mod Squad, Emergency, Ironside, Police Story, Captain Kangaroo, Greatest Heroes of the Bible, Job, Orphan Train, Mark, I Love You, Margin for Murder, Tales of the Unexpected, House of Secrets of Lies, The Conviction of Kitty Dodds, Burke's Law, Touched by an Angel, The Commish, FX, The Series, Early Edition, Nash Bridges, She's No Angel, The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, Damn Sea Vampires, and Anger Ma Management, just to name a few. Of course, Kevin's perhaps best known for being Detective, who then went on to become Assistant District Attorney, Bobby Crocker on the original Kojak TV series and his M. Patrick Mack McKenzie in 291 of the 344th episode of one of my favorite, or one of Mark's favorite TV shows of all times, Knott's Landing, which ran from 1979 to 1993. Okay. Knott's Landing was one of his favorite shows? Yeah. He's a Mark's friend. reality, man. Mark reality. It's, it's yeah. thing. It's it's weird. Mark's cultural taste is just really skew of everyone else's. How old was he? Thoughts on uh, FX and Hawaii Five I believe he was seventy-seven. All right, well, th that's that's definitely better than fifty-five. Yeah. Wow. Well, Still twenty years better. Depends on perspective, you know. True. Some of us yeah. want to go quickly. Fair. Does anyone feel sometimes like the news is like talking to the guy in airplane and you just want to hang yourself to get away yeah. or light yourself on fire? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I my personal would be the sword. Mm. You know? There you right. go. There you go. I like to stay in my own version of reality and not tune in. It helps. I, I can can we join you? Or is it just I, a one person thing? Um, you can join. You can join. Okay. Sometimes yeah. I escape reality with friends. I did today. Oh, Let's good. go on to the next news. Please. From the Holy Coronavirus Batman Department, despite uh -huh. numerous safety protocols, Robert Pattinson is tested positive just two days after filming of his newest movie, The Batman, resumed production in the UK. So now anyone who came within six feet of Robert for more than 15 minutes would need to be immediately isolated for 14 days, regardless of whether or not they test positive, including any actors or stunt performers who appeared on camera with Robert without a mask, along with any crew members, which includes director Matt Reeves, if they didn't remain socially distant with the star on the set. Talk about insurance and indie films. Yeah, I, I have no idea how you could shoot that movie and remain socially distant. Basically, they just have to shut the movie down for another two weeks. Yeah. Now, what was he doing during the hiatus that he suddenly got coronavirus? Obviously not quarantining. Who knows? Maybe he went know. to the grocery store. I hear the grocery store. There's people there. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. What well, else is the news? From the what I have to wait a whole week department? Recently, reviews for the second season of The Boys were released and praise was found far and wide, giving the series a 97% fresh rating. However, <coughs> as fans are now giving the show one-star reviews due to, based on the comments, the fact and the second season is being released weekly after initial, the initial three-episode release. As of this recording, 9 out of 9, The Boys Season 2 is... Mm, September 9th, The Boys Season 2 is listed as 2.5 stars with over 2,800 reviews. Reviewers say, this is from the reviewers, no full season available? I give up. Where's my Netflix? What a shame. I was looking forward and watching it. 
Now I'll just skip it and wait for it to be canceled. And then I can watch them all without any interruptions. Next comment. Appointment television in this day and age is both gushed and a tad thirsty, gushed and a tad thirsty. And I'm not nearly invested in this show to bother to come back every week. Have fun regressing. Maybe I'll remember this series exists when the market's push for season three hits peak frenzy. Talk about weekday cartoons and Friday cliffhangers. Wow, Hi. Jen. Hey, Jen, you sound just like the viewers. If Mark was doing it, he would sound nothing like the viewers. What? Yeah. Just, yeah. just to know You nailed that. the voice. You nailed yes. the voices very You well. nailed it. Yeah. Well, it's yours. I yep. live in Woodbury area and people are very entitled. So there are complaints, you know, not That's, enough schmear on the bagel, not enough ice in the coffee. We hear it all. It's that, cold. It's it. hot. <laughs> Look, clearly the people writing these comments have obviously no particular life, have nothing else to do with their time. Yes. And has probably never seen a member of the opposite sex in the flesh for mm, at least a decade. You know, I, yeah. I, am, I am so grateful I have no time to write comments anyway. Nice. You got to go out of your way to, like, make a comment on a show, not about the quality of the show, but just the frequency of it coming out. You have too much time yeah. in your hands. You may want to think about getting a second job or something. Let's read the news that someone else wrote for me. <laughs> to this read. is segue. Go ahead. Segue. From the I may not be Disney, but I still own you department. Recently, WWE released a statement wanting their wrestlers to stop working with as of yet unnamed third parties. I get it. WWE says... Much like Disney and Warner Brothers, WWE creates, promotes, and invests in its intellectual property, i.e. the stage names of performers like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Big E, and Braun Strowman. It is the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue, which in turn enables the company to compensate performers at the highest level in the sports entertainment industry. Notwithstanding the contractual language, it's imperative for the success of our company, WWE, to protect our greatest assets and establish partnerships with third parties on a company-wide basis rather than at the individual level, which as a result will provide more value for all involved. While no official third-party names were mentioned, it's heavily implied they were talking about services such as Twitch and YouTube where people can donate money for original streaming content as well as Cameo where people can pay for short video messages from their favorite celebs. God forbid they make a living outside of Vince McMahon. That's his. Sounds like, yeah. Yeah, um, God forbid. Yeah. He wants I, to own them. I played Heidi Fleiss in a movie, so I kind of relate to this uh, allocation of employees. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. Well, try ownership. Yeah. Ownership yeah. of intellectual property. Just talking about this photography in every field. It's, very, it's getting very hard to control. All yeah. right. Yeah. From the, I want to get to the purveyors. So from the, I guess my contract is over department in a recent interview, actor John Boyega shared his thoughts on his role of Finn in the newest star Wars trilogy. John says, what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character, market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are. And then have them pushed to the side. Like you guys knew what to do with Daisy Ridley. You knew what to do with Adam driver. You knew what to do with these other people. But when it came to Kelly Marie Tran, when it came to John Boyega, you know, it all. <laughs> so what do you want me to say? What they want to say is I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. Nah, nah, nah. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. 
They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest, Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows. I'm not exposing anything. I'm the only cast member that had their own unique experience of that franchise based on their race. Let's just leave it like that. It makes you angry with a process like that. It makes you much more militant. It changes you because you realize I got given this opportunity, but I'm in an industry that wasn't even ready for me. Nobody else had the experience. Talk. All right. So thoughts about Empire, Bill D, and Finn, and this piece of news. First of all, I'd say the problem isn't just that. It's that Disney hired people who seemingly didn't understand or want to know how to write really good Star Wars movies. They kind of just completely like isolated George Lucas out of it. Like George Lucas creates this whole thing. You might want to have had him a little bit more involved just a little bit. Cause he had, he was like, I was going to give you some ideas and give you some treatments of what I think you should do. They're like, no, never mind, George, you don't really go or going the way we want. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. Mm. Good luck with that. And I think that's why the cartoons are better than the latest movies because Dave Filoni learned about the force from George Lucas. So it was like a lineage thing right there. You know, at the very least, they should have had Dave Filoni do the movies, do the writing and, and John Favreau, like they're doing for The Mandalorian. So I think it's systemic of a much bigger problem with Disney and Star Wars. But I, I agree. I mean, Finn, there was possibilities for Finn and they didn't really do much with that character, but they didn't do much with any of the characters. All the characters are kind of meh at best. <laughs> I mean, they were. I'm, going, nah. I'm, I'm laughing because you're absolutely right. You're right. You know, the best, the best of the three movies, in my opinion, was uh, the Last Jedi. The two that J.J. Abrams did, that were they were fun and entertaining, and like tried to do a lot of fan service. There really wasn't much there. There was tr at least some attempt at depth with um, the the Last Jedi. Hmm. And what I will say is my favorite part of watching Star Wars was going to the bathroom. Ooh. Yeah. Now, is that all the Star Wars or just the recent ones? Um, just the last one I saw. I liked going to the bathroom. That was good. It was, it was a nice walk. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's, that's something. Okay. That's good. Maybe and to wrap up the news, before we get to our special guests, uh, to celebrate the release of their new movie, Bill and Ted 3, they've set the world record for the most people doing air guitar online at one time with 186 people, beating the previous record of 100. So an 86 increase uh, due to COVID, due to maybe? Due to no one having anything else to do with their time? Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, uh, at, at, least, at least not 186 people. Right. I got to yeah. tell you, you know, what's, you know what's cool about that? That record is excellent. Thank you. Thank you. For those who are listening to this, I just did an air guitar move. So yeah. Air is, guitar is a good workout. And I have 7,000 calories of sugar to burn off. So maybe I'll do that. Yeah, start shredding. Start <laughs> shredding on it. the air guitar. <laughs> if you want to really yeah. get a good workout and try and figure out like the opening lick for Sweet Child of Mine. and get okay. it right. That'll take you a good while. That or uh, Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Patrick, do you have any um, ways that I can burn off the, all the sugar I ate aside from air guitar in honor of Bill and Ted? Or should we stick with air guitar? Oh, I like the, uh, the little uh, you know, circular motion you're doing. That's good. That's like what we did in kindergarten. So if you just keep doing that for you know, a couple hours. Mike Tyson would approve. It's a boxing Whoa. move. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. There yeah, go. good move to do in between boxings. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for Joker War from DC Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel DC image or independent comics, comic book supplies, back issues, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. Thank you and stay safe. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. The Misadventures of Electrolyte and the Justice Purveyors. Uh, you wrote that? You created this? Yes, I did. I'm the writer-creator and uh, met Mark at multiple conventions in uh, New York City, and he was always a big supporter of, uh, of me. I actually came on the show, jeez, uh, I don't know when that was, guys i think like 10 years ago oh my god yeah yeah I love really days. Days. it's actually mark in here that's why mark's not here <laughs> yeah oh wow you've changed yeah. yeah so that was going back to the wgbb days yes yeah drove out to long islands like hung out at the uh the radio station had, had yeah. a lot of fun and then drove back I, to jersey it's like a you know way back when there. we were actually live on yeah. the radio yeah. yes i was yeah. there we had a blast yeah, I still yeah. I still have that comic book you gave us. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that was issue one. Yeah, so, I still have it. Yeah, yeah. It was I was telling you, I was I was thinking of. I said it was like, wow, wow, how innovative is this? And and it's still still going strong. Yeah. So, so we got. Who's not familiar? I have the character list here. I didn't memorize them, but they're great. We have the characters Electrolyte, Scaby, the Capitalist, the Sentence Finisher, which I've definitely done this show, sorry, Mr. Perfect, Sparkler, Zephyr, Musclehead. These are all really fun characters. It seems like a lot of self-improvement is a little bit of a theme. Other improvement, uh, what made you create 
all these characters or some of the characters, some of the inspiration? Uh, so I started doing this probably about uh, 11, 12 years ago, probably actually a little bit longer than that. And I was uh, looking for comics that I went to the local comic store and I talked to the guy and I said, you know, give me a comic book that's funny. And he sort of looked at me, you know, sideways and then went through, you know, his collection and gave me just, uh, I think it was called a Great Great Lakes, uh, Great Lakes Adventure, Great Lakes Association. I forget the name of the G GLA. I forget what it stood for. So you gave that to me. I read it. It was kind of not funny. And I wasn't really big into the comic book scene at the time. I was when I was younger. Um, but I wrote a screenplay and, you know, I was looking to turn it into either a comic book or, you know, just try to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And is you know it was a funny take on the superhero genre. So went out there looking if there's anything similar. There really wasn't. So at first I didn't know if I should do it, but then I thought, well, if there's nothing out there, then it would be a good opportunity to put something like this out there. Um, so just uh, went to a message board, got with a bunch of artists. Uh, the, actually, the same artist, uh, Butch Mappa. He lives in the Philippines and he did mm -hmm. all 11 of our issues. Uh, really incredible artist, you know, 12 years ago, wasn't really known, you know, now he's working for Marvel. Um, so um, really talented, I'm really proud of him. And it's kind of funny, he's, he's actually, he's brought the same style of the, you know, funny superhero genre comic book into Marvel, into this, which they weren't really doing before. So it's kind of cool that he's doing that, but you know, he's, had a lot of success. I'm really proud of him. And I'm really uh, glad that he worked on uh, all, all our issues. So it's like really cool to see how he developed. How did you two link up? Uh, just on a, a, a message board when uh, uh -huh. those things existed. Uh, called, Back in the day. Yeah, called uh, Digital Webbing. And it was a place for all, you know, uh, comic book artists, to look for work and writers to try to connect, you know, everyone try to connect, you know, the artists, the colorists, the, uh, the letterers, you know, try to get everyone together to, you wow. know, who weren't, you know, a big publishing uh, house like Marvel or DC or any of the other guys, you know, who kind of put everything together. So it was a way for independent creators to, to connect and then, you know, try to put something together. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, um, uh, We've been, I did it for, for 11 issues, all, you know, with Butch and uh, the letterers and the, the line artists, we've kind of went back and forth on and the colorists, but I mean, Butch have done, uh, you know, all, all 11 issues together. So um, it's always amazing you can keep a creative team together that long on an independent. So congratulations mm -hmm. on that. Oh yeah. Thanks a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it was great because I can, uh, Obviously, when we first started out, I would have to give them a lot of uh, explanation of what I want in each panel. Uh, as you know, time went on, I just we kind of had the same same sense of humor where I, I wouldn't have to do that anymore. He just knew, you know, whatever I would write, he would just put it on, you know, create it in the in the panel, and it was you know perfect. So we just That's had that kind of synergy where you know, I would have no notes for him because whatever he drew was awesome. And even if it wasn't what I was thinking specifically, he just came with a different uh, version that probably works even better. That's an amazing thing to have because that it doesn't always work like that. No. Like you're very fortunate. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, sure, yeah. And he's a he's a talented guy, really nice guy too. You know, he's you know I still stay in contact with him. Um, trying to do issue twelve. Um, he's actually very busy now. So uh, you know, he said he could always slide me in and make room room for us to do the the next issue. But you know, when uh, Marvel is calling, I'm I'm not sure if that's uh, really going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, they they, they uh, sort of like he sounds like he has all the things you want in an artist. So that's amazing. You know, you want someone who's going to be at least professional and good. If you can get someone who's professional and kind and like you can chill with, that's even better. You know, so congratulations on finding someone for that for like at least 11 issues. Oh yeah. Uh, funny, funny story is, so we did 11 issues. I never met him. So I never, we never did like a, like a FaceTime or a Skype call or anything. I would just, it was all over email. So I knew what he looked like kind of uh, just from a picture, but we met up last year over the summer uh, in New Jersey. He was, he was visiting from the Philippines. So I got to, uh, I got to meet him, you know, for the first time, which was kind of wild, you know, this guy who have such a big connection with. Um, like a comic book pen pal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was funny. Like never, yeah. you know, have, you know, this kind of mind melds, but you know, with similar sense of humor and created all this stuff together, but never actually met face to face. So that was, that was a big, uh, it was a lot of fun. We, you know, got along like old friends would. So it was, it was really cool. Mm. That, that's such a great story. I like that so much. Would yeah. you, um, would you continue working with someone that had completely different visions, tastes, way of speaking, writing, grammar than you? Would you try to keep that going or would you just skip it? Uh, Probably not. I mean, if that's, if that's those things are hurdles to overcome in the beginning, then it's just, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of issues, you know, mm-hmm. you know, stemming from that, you know, just it almost, you would have to like, especially what I'm trying to do is like uh, blend like humor and action and stuff like that. So trying to have, having to explain, well, th- no, this is supposed to be like a funny part. You right. know, it would be instead of like, you know, a serious action scene and like an action scene with humor, you know, that's, that would be really like a burden to, to take that on. And, you know, especially after working with Butch where he just gets it, he just gets the, the flow of the story, the flow of like, you know, this is, this is when the action ramps up, you know, this is the, the, the spot where, you know, we do a couple one-liners, you know, to get a, a bunch of laughs and, you know, and, you know, that's not an action scene. It's, you know, it's a story about a group of, you know, low on the totem pole kind of superheroes. So they're, they're the guys who are trying to get work in, in the big city. So just having that type of ethos and, you know, understanding that is, is, would be a challenge to try to try to get someone on the same page who hasn't been doing it before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I suppose you might get lucky and it might kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, work out in the end, but you know, whereas like now working with Butch, I know exactly what I'm going to get and I, you know, don't have any, editing any editing to do with him just it's all all you know what i get is what's going to be beyond the page so i'm at the website now the misadventures of electrolyte and the justice purveyors now the electrolyte is i have the power to sober up drunks and cure people's hangovers i also can cure babies that suffer from stool liquidity so um (laughs) just wondering are you still planning on having electrolyte be the star the main person are you going to shift who's getting the limelight because 2020 everything's changing 
Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. The, so the main, the main guys are Electrolyte, uh, Scaby, the Simmons Finisher, and the Capitalist. Um, but so, but over, over 11 issues, uh, what I've tried to do is introduce a new character in every issue. So actually, you know, the amount of characters we have in the series now is uh, one, two, three, four, five. So it's, uh, it's 22, 22 characters. Uh, and they're all, you know, I, I think they're original. They're, they're all, they're not, you're run of the mill, you know, mm -hmm. superheroes, they all have like a special power. Um, uh, but to your question specifically, uh, I give like a lot of the best lines to, to Scaby. Uh, so whereas Electra is like the, uh, the straight man, you know, Scaby who can shrink to the size of a bug and live, in, and live on someone's skin, he gets a lot of the, uh, the sidekick characters, oh, excuse me, sidekick uh, uh, comments and jokes and the best one-liners. He's the Randall so, to the Dante. Yes. Yeah. Do you identify with him the most? Um, it's, it's kind of weird, I guess. Uh, you know, I guess there's a little bit of a character and all a little bit of me and all the characters that I write, you know, whether that was, you know, unbeknownst to me when I first started off, mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on, you know, which, which aspect of the character, uh, you look at, I mean, like the, uh, I was at uh, New York Comic-Con uh, and I think it was the second year and I had my, my table set up and everything. And uh, this guy came by the table and said, oh, uh, did the guy, uh, did the artist draw, draw the electrolyte after you? And I was like, no, no, the artist never met me. He lives in the Philippines. And, you know, the guy, you know, electrolyte has, has kind of like a cone head, like a little bit. He has like a comical <laughs> head. And the guy was like, yeah, like you. At first I was insulted, but then I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, maybe that is, you know, also some like subconscious thing where, you know, he kind of does look like me, un unbeknownst. I mean, there's, I guess, a little bit of me in like all the different characters. Um, just because like, um, God, who is the guy who wrote uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, Martin, he right. identifies the most with Tyrion, right? So Tyrion tends to get the best lines. And as Kevin Smith said, he originally wrote Randall for himself. So Randall gets all the best lines. So I was just curious if that's, you kind of just like had a thing where you subconsciously giving some of the better lines to one of the characters because you saw yourself in there more than you thought. Um, yeah, I mean, specific to your question, I guess I would want to be as funny as scaby like i in in school i wasn't like the funny kid but i was like the kid who could like write for the funny kids mm. or i could like f think of funny stuff like after the fact like oh this you know this guy said this but it would have been like twice as funny if they said this right so i guess you know i would want to be as funny as scaby you know i'm I'm probably not in real life you know i, I probably think of stuff a lot funnier stuff like after the fact you know, I think everyone thinks of it after the, everyone knows what the best thing to say is after it happened. Oh yeah. 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 No, no, totally. Just like everyone gets that perfect, uh, uh, people against humanity card, right? <laughs> Cards against oh, yeah. humanity card right after you, you needed it. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I have that card. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but specifically to your question, I mean, we're 11 issues in. So, um, I kind of, and that's a question people asked me before, could each like, could there be offshoots for like a different series? Could like Scaby has his, have his own series and could like the capitalists have his own series? And I mean, that was kind, kind of, 
what I would want to do, you know, if I had endless time and endless resources, that would be, you know, a really cool thing. You know, all the characters I feel like are, are have enough backstory and could, you know, sort sort of carry their own story arc um, pretty well. You know, Scaby would, Scaby's story would, you know, obviously be totally slapstick, you know, all the way through and, and uh, the sentence finisher would, you know, kind of be like a little bit more serious and, uh, you know, the capitalist would kind of be also, you know, you know, living a billionaire's lifestyle, but having like some funny things, but, you know, more on like, with like serious, you know, through lines of the story. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it would be a dream, but I, I only have a certain amount of time, you know, to do mm-hmm. these things. Well, if you'd like to turn this screenplay cartoon comic into a film, the capitalist could work with American Psycho and Scaby, who hides out on a person's skin, could hang out with coronavirus that hides out maybe in the RNA. I don't know. I'm just thinking of science. Oh, sure. Be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, sure. That's, that's, that's good science. I mean, uh, hey. that's uh, RNA. That's good reference. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I actually get a lot of emails from people um who are or fans of the series and and they're like oh there's there's a lot of science in this and i'm you know i teach high school science and this is really cool you know you kind of explain how electrolytes facilitate you know the entry of water into a cell membrane and you know i'm I'm an english major i was an english major so that's not my my stock and trade that was Mm -hmm. but that's i had to like look all that stuff up but there's you know tried to make it as scientifically based as possible and really the sentence sentence finisher, which I could play with Helen Keller. Oh sure. Yeah, there you go. Good match made in heaven. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, did yes. you ever did you ever um because I I remember that first issue was was funny. And usually when I read something and somebody tells me it's funny, it's not. But that issue was funny. Uh I can only imagine how these these issues morphed into hysterical issues. Uh, have you this? Have you ever thought about shopping it to sci-fi or uh, to small screen? And because uh, you have all these weird cartoons that are on that I do not think is funny. This would be this would be a, a great series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I I would love to do that. I just do not have any of those connections to do that. I mean, if anyone out there uh, has them and, you know, likes the, I, I actually had a, a, you know, five minute animation made of the, of the series. Um, I, it's not on my website, but I, it's out there on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that would, that would be a dream, you know, if it, if it could happen, the materials there, I mean, it's just, someone who would you know pick up the series identify with it and they want to they want to run with it and they have the connections that's you know i've I've met a lot of people at the different conventions you know who you know make a lot of promises and they're you know from you know columbia pictures or oh yeah Yeah. the guy from um the producer from harry potter uh called me after issue two or got in touch with me he's like you know i'm interested in this and his son gave the issue to him because his son got it at the uh new york comic-con and i was really psyched after that but then that kind of fizzled you know i think i think his he was kind of making his son happy a little bit (laughs) that his son was getting into like the industry like oh good good uh good get son you know that's you know, let's put it on the production slate. And then, you know, a couple of months later, oh, we can't fix it, fit it into our production slate. But, you know, 
it kind yeah. of uh there's like different starts and stops like that so you know everything yeah. comes with a grain of salt with what you know people said you gotta yeah you gotta use the uh, robert rodriguez method create a little animation a little treatment and send out a thousand dvds all higher than that we hire danny treo yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. Danny treo. yeah yeah because yeah, machete don't text, man. <laughs> yeah, get some good, get some good uh, tacos. Right yeah, man. Just go live yeah, down in Austin. Place. That's always a good move, too. Just move to Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a buddy who lives there. I should go out and uh, crash on his couch. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's awesome down there. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, you know, most people do it comics and then the animation, but... I do voice for a cartoon, There Goes the Neighborhood. I think it's brilliant. The people who make it are brilliant. It's really just two guys. And one taught himself how to do the animation. They have a lot of episodes. It looks great. And they don't have a comic. So I feel like if they can do it, and they're very smart. So it's not, you know, they're not just anybody. But, you know, a lot of people can do it yourself. So instead of looking to other producers, perhaps it could be done through you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh I'm not an animator, so again, I met a guy on a message board uh, who was in China. Um, I actually, it was actually off of freelancer.com. Uh, I, I was listening to a podcast, and this guy was talking about freelancer and how you know you can post a job, and then anywhere in the world, you know, people can see this job and respond. So I turned off the podcast, you know, posted, you know, animator wanted for turning a comic book series into animation. I got you know 50 people and just hooked up this with this one guy in, in China was who was willing to do it um, for a reasonable price. You know, people wanted like a lot of money, but this guy was very reasonable, really redrew the, wasn't, you know, the, I guess there's different ways of doing it. You um, there's some software where you can insert a skeleton into a character and then, then you can that way make the, the, you know, the character move. This guy just redrew everything wow. and really, you know, put a lot of time into it. And it's a, uh, it's pretty good. I, I mean, this, I did, I did one of the voices and I got my cousin who's really good at voices to do the rest of the voices. So his voices are great. My voice um, pretty much uh, didn't ruin the animation. That's, you know, my, the bar that I, I try to like, uh, you know, stay above just because I was, I was a news reporter and I was, it was awful, but I, I did him and I did scabie and the scabie all you have to do is like, you know, have a, like a, a lot of saliva in your mouth. <laughs> so that, I I could do that, but the the reporter I you know almost ruined the whole thing. But otherwise, it's it's really funny, and it's uh if you just go on YouTube and um and if you just look for uh, the misadventures of Electrolyte, you know the the animation will come up, and you can check it out and awesome. you know, comment and see if it you know say it was funny or you know yeah if you could paste that in the, in the comments or one of us can oh, we sure. have a question from the audience on Facebook Live. To Patrick, how long does it take to finish one book, script writing included? That's question one. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, to write a typical uh, script for a comic book, like a 28-page book, it'll <laughs> usually take like uh, three months. Um, and that's, you know, that's with a ton of editing. You know, the process that I go through is, is I end up probably rewriting the script um, 30 to 40 times uh, after editing it. And that's, that's just what I have to do to get, you know, something decent at the end. Uh, and then I hand it to the artist. And typically, um, 
with a good if if the team is all together and you can they can just pass from the from the artist uh, to the to the liner to the colorist to the to the letterer if everyone can do that sequentially that it, that could kind of be done within um, two months so I guess if you kind of got a start date and said you know what's what's if everyone is going 100 miles per hour what's the the quickest you could get this done I would say for for me and for for my team in like uh like five months um you know if this was my full-time job i'm sure i could do it a lot quicker um or maybe not you know maybe the ideas wouldn't wouldn't come you know i, I kind of wait till i get a good idea and then you know jump off from there i just kind of don't start writing off of nothing mm -hmm. yeah if you could get that out to some script writers that are sending me their scripts that would be great <laughs> have your idea yeah. formulated before you write and send me your your stuff. Yeah, uh, sure, I have another yeah. question for you from the audience. Um, how does how well does the public react to you at your co your comic at conventions since it's not mainstream? Uh, we have a we always have like a really good reaction from uh, from at conventions. Uh, one thing I I kind of do is uh, try to get a decent table uh, at a convention. Try to get it, you know. The last convention we were at, we, were, we got kind of lucky. I was right next to the, the creator of The Tick and right across from the, the Marvel, um, it's not table, you know, a huge section. Mm. They take up like, yeah. like a ridiculous amount of space. And that was kind of a blessing and a curse. Because... It's not a table. It's like a monolith. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. And uh, so that was a blessing and a curse because we would get a lot of traffic and they had like an event like giveaways or anything and I had someone's attention everyone would turn around and just look at the the monolith um but pretty much you know we we go there I give people like the hard sell you know I stop people as they're passing by the table you know explain the comic book to them whereas you know they might not stop and look and once I give them the pitch you know most people laugh most people get into it and you know uh, from there, you know, a couple, you know, we hope that some people buy buy the book, you know, the the first issue, like, or, you know, I get a lot of people who are return fans. Uh, there's a good good uh, selection of them. I mean, Mark could speak to that. I see him at every convention, and and you know, he he shows up at the booth, and it's great to see him. And it's it's a uh, it's we get a good reaction. Once a lot of people who follow the series the best compliment that I've gotten is uh, a lot of those people who follow all the issues of the series, they say, you know, the, the content that you put out is, is so much better than Marvel and DC. And, you know, it's, that's why they come back and buy, by the, you know, following issues. So that's, that's probably the most gratifying thing to hear that, you know, we don't have a huge fan base like Marvel and DC, but the people who, who are into it really get into it and, you know, you know, guys tell me that they, they go into the convention, they come running to, you know, looking where, where our table is and come, you know, to our table first to see, you know, what's, what's the newest issue and, and, and uh, make sure that they grab it. So that's, it's great. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a funny series. It's not hard to explain. So when people hear the, the pitch, you know, they, they, they're into it, you know, they don't laugh, then, you know, it's, it's not for them. And then what I say to people is like, you know, if you don't like to laugh, don't buy the series. And then, and then Usually, if, a lot of people, if a lot of people look at me like, you know, 
Like, yeah. what is that? What does that mean? Then it's like, yeah. oh, wait, well, that's that's not for you. Whenever that's I'm selling point. a book that's comedy, I always say, like, look, man, if you laugh, you got to buy it. If you laugh, oh, you got to yeah. buy it. They yeah. put it in their hand, have them, they start chuckling, like, you chuckled, man. Come on, man, you got to buy this book. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I, I say at Conventions is we have a funny back guarantee on these books. So if you buy it and you don't laugh, you'll get your money back. Funny. I like that. Funny back guarantee. I like that. Funny back I might steal that whenever the next. Absolutely steal it. Who knows when the next time will be around. What's up? Some people don't like comedy. They really don't. So it is a warning that you have to give to people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, dealing with people at conventions, it's, you get the whole range of people who are into it, people who aren't into it, people who like get offended by you like saying something to them and you know it's it's kind of kind of crazy my favorite is when you're trying to pitch them a comic book and they're looking like i'm not into comics oh, oh yeah. good thing that you're at a comic con then oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, those are my favorite people i don't yeah. buy comics like oh so you just come here to be dressed up and check out the latest video games and movies yeah, yeah, I definitely heard that too. Yeah, yeah. And don't don't walk through uh, Artist Alley or don't walk through the small press. Don't I walk mean, up but down the aisles. Just go from big media thing to big media thing. I mean, uh, one of the funniest things the guy said to me, uh, which was you know insulting, is but also very funny. Uh, it was around issue eight or nine, and uh, and he walked by, and I thought he looked familiar, and I gave him the pitch, and he goes, he's like, "What? I remember you from like eight years ago." And you still, you made eight issues off of this stupid idea. Wow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, wow. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy's yeah, like. Yeah, that's hysterical, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you can't do anything but laugh. I mean, you know, the guy was like, he's also like this curmudgeon character that you couldn't expect him to say anything but mm. that. Mm. He was kind yeah. of like, he had a satchel and it looked like he had, you know, gout. And, a, and at least one of his feet and was like, you know, limping through the convention and had to strap up with like, you know, I don't know what was in the satchel and kind you of don't sw- know. sweating heavily. Yeah. You just, you just described half the audience of New York yeah. Comic Con basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like meandering down and just sweating and uh, sir, you haven't showered in the in this century. Why dear God? Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, it's amazing what, first of all, it's just amazing that you've been, doing like at least an issue a year because I'll go to Comic-Con and I've been to Comic-Con many times and you see the same people with the same setup selling the same exact book, no progression. Oh yeah. And somehow they get in every year and they're always selling the same thing every year. So the, uh, congratulations on pushing it to like 11 issues. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it, I would go crazy if I had to do the same thing and kind of be, you know, embarrassed, yeah. you know, having I, new, new characters and new materials, like what, all it's, the time. what it's all about. It's something that, you know, as people wanting to break into comics, the ones that really do are the ones that are constantly producing new stuff. It's the ones that come in with the same portfolio, the same pitch, like 90% of it is that, and they put in like maybe two months worth of effort you know, starting in August to get ready for October Comic-Con, they threw in a couple of extra, like, pieces of art. Like, see, I've been working. Like, no, you haven't. You haven't been working. You just did, like, three pinups. And they show oh, you yeah. this portfolio where they give you, the, and it's like, no, man, like, you have to be producing. People don't understand that. You have to be producing if you want to be in comics because if you're not producing for the love of it, no one's going to trust that you're going to produce suddenly when you're getting paid. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, that does... 
those are the same people who, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. But then they're like, you know what you should do? You know what storyline you should do is you should, oh, yeah. and they'll come up with this like crazy idea. And I was like, I, that's kind of cool, but you should do that. You should like, right. do that with your stuff. And he's like, nah, 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 I'll, I'll just forget about it and just like move on. Yeah, well, yeah. Everyone wants to do it, but not, you know, it's really not as easy as people think. Lord knows it's not paying much either. So, yeah, no. you know, you really got to want to do it. You know, when, when I was a kid and I thought like the comic guys, man, and you, you thought they'd be like movie stars. And then now that I know a lot of them, it's like, no, they're just in the same exact situation as me, just trying to pay rent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of the best analogy uh, that I heard in was it was from a guy that was in a band and he was like, you know, I don't know. I think people don't realize that, you know, people in bands don't make money. Right. And he's like, yeah, no, it's between everything, you know, you uh, get the, you know, by moving everything, you know, to getting, you know, not really making money off the door and you're kind of doing it just for, you know, you know, free beer and that's, <laughs> that's and free beer and you're having fun. You know, it's like a, it's your pastime. Charlie, we need to start a band because Mark's not paying us in free beer either. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, we're, we're not just, even getting free beer. We're just That's, doing it for the for the love of the game. I call foul. I think there should be free beer. Love of the game doesn't get you free beer, man. Okay, we have a question to Patrick. Are you looking to expand animation or live action like Amazon Prime, The Boys? Do you understand that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess. Uh, oh, I, I guess that was what we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. yeah. If someone yes. would like pick it up and run with it, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually just watched the, the episode of The Boys last night, and it's, uh, I would kind of describe, like, uh, like my series as, like, a G-rated version of The Boys. Okay. Um, you know, not as, like, I, I, I like the series, but it's so, I don't know if it's just me, it's just so gruesome. I was like, oh, no, it's gruesome. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, which is, you know. Uh, it's so a much that, more realistic take if there really were superheroes in the world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it's—I I definitely like it, and the, the you know the the characters are great, and the the storyline is great. So it's a, uh, so yeah. I mean, that's if Amazon Prime wants to to take the series and make put it put the misadventures of Electrolyte on Amazon Prime. I'm I'm all for it. You're not going to stop anyone from throwing money at you, are you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. There you go. There's a lot of people out there that put things up on Facebook and social media almost every day or multiple times a day. And they are always producing, but they're not networking properly because there's only three to 11 people watching every single thing they post. So do you have any thoughts on the networking side? Cause some people are producing, but they're not networking. And I don't think some people get that. Uh, well, I guess that would probably describe me. I, I just <laughs> like produce stuff, but I'm a horrible networker. You know, uh -huh. so I'm kind of like, um, I've tried like a lot of different venues and, you know, uh, that's just not in my wheelhouse. So mm -hmm. instead of just doing that, which I'm not good at, I would rather just produce content. So, you know, if there is someone who is eventually interested in the series, um, they say, oh, these are great characters. I, I can just say, well, I have 11 issues of content for you. And, you mm -hmm. know, so there's multiple story arcs and, you know, all the, all the content's there. So that's, that's kind of what I'm good at. I'm not, I'm not good at uh, schmoozing. I don't think the schmoozing all. or networking is as important as people want to make it out to be, especially if you already have a creative team. Schmoozing and networking is great if you, have a creative if you don't have a creative team and you need to find people or find like a publisher or, or someone who can print your book. But since you have all that, just keep producing content. As the editor-in-chief of, of Marvel 
said in 2014, I think, you know, just be making it. We'll come find you. So just try and build the audience. I wouldn't worry about networking and trying to get in with the right people. If you build enough content and you have enough followers and you show that you're a brand that will produce money for someone, they'll come for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's, that's very true. Yeah. I can't produce money for anybody, so no one's coming for me. But, <laughs> you know, if, if you can really build up an audience, like, and, and pick one or two, I would say, like, either Tumblr and, or Instagram or something, and just work it. Just keep putting it out constantly. People love constant content. Yeah, Nothing's yeah. more annoying than when you, like, you got to wait, like, for in, if you get into something and then you got to wait for an unsubscribed amount of time. You don't know if it's coming out tomorrow. You don't know if it's coming out a week. You don't know if it's going to take two weeks. That gets annoying. Yes, for sure. For sure. So I would say just keep producing and putting it out. That's the thing. Nothing's worse than the person who's like, but it's mine. I can't share it. Well, then then why are you even wasting my time trying to talk to me about going further than this? If you can't share the work, if you're not confident enough to share the work, then it should just be a hobby that you do on your own and you do it at home. If you're willing to share it, then just produce, produce, produce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the uh, animation lore, Ren and Stimpy, they were like notorious for for being not only late, just like not coming out with new shows, you know, in in a timely manner, and just made all their fans furious. Right. Nothing's worse when it's good and you can't get it when you when it's promised. Right. Yeah. Well, we are at the end of the show. We might have gone over time a little bit. So, final thoughts from everyone. Uh, we'll start with our special guests. Anything you'd like to wrap up, wrap up with? Uh, no, just thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Mark has always been a big supporter of uh, mine and, and Charles also. And, and yeah, if you want to find the, the, the series, actually the best uh, place to find it um, and which I get the most uh, reaction from is on Kobo, uh, which is like Kobo.com, which is, uh, and they're all free. On there that's that's the only platform that would let me put up stuff for free so and it's worldwide so um i get the most reaction strangely uh from uh people in canada and uh great britain that hey. has the most that has the most downloads okay um yeah exactly um so that's if you want to find the issues and you want them for free please be my guest they're on kobo.com they're also on um comiXology and all that stuff you got to pay for them if you want to pay for them that that'd be great for me but you know yeah i'd support i'd like to an artist artist yeah 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 and uh and you know hopefully conventions will come back and maybe i'll see you know some of you guys at uh, new york comic next time hopefully yeah and thanks for having me i i really appreciate it and i really appreciate your time patrick it's um it's good as always to see you after all these years we just connected the comic cons but the studio visit was exceptional i want everybody to check out the electrolyte series it's it's a it's a funny comic if you don't think this comic is funny just go see a doctor actually go see a therapist (laughs) and find out what the hell's wrong with you they have a funny back guarantee. I mean, come on. You're going to find it Yeah, funny. come on. What I would you say lose? Go, go to this gentleman's is my final thought, which I hope is not my final thought because Charlie didn't get to say it. Uh, go to the <laughs> Comixology, buy the book, support a, an independent creator. Yeah. It's nice that you want to put it out for free, but you should get paid for your work. Thanks, yes. Dominic. I appreciate that. You're welcome. 
Agreed. And if anybody out there has any influence and sees this series and can get it on to sci-fi, do it, damn it! There you go. There you go. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I think that wraps up the show. Just one question. John, are you recording the show on your phone? If you are, go like this. I'm just curious. Okay, just curious. That's all. Thank you so much for everyone for coming. Thank you, amazing guests. And everyone, get your electrolytes. You can have kiwis and citrus for electrolytes if you're running low. And also sea salt. Okay, we got to go. There you go. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.